Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, hello everyone, this is Canal Brown speaking. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Uh, Today we're going to talk about uh, persecution. What does it mean to be persecuted? That's what we're going to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, and that's a topic that uh, is very important. I've had some people even ask me, well, Kennard, why do you state the fact that we're persecuting you? Why why, why are you saying that we uh, are you, or you, you have been persecuted? So obviously they need to understand what the Bible defines what persecution is. And I stated uh, in the description of this program, in the 21st century, religion has been combined with capitalism. And what's capitalism? The uh, process of trying to generate income and money. And because of this, many people believe that religion should be run like a business. And, you know, that's what we have in this country. We have ministries basically being run like corporations. And many view religion as being successful if you have a lot of followers, and you know, that, that's the way it's been throughout history with a lot of things. If you have a lot of people, then that means automatically you're 100% doing what you're supposed to do and you're successful. But biblically, is this true? And why does the Bible say the following? Blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. And that's in Luke chapter 6, 22 to 23. And this is, this is major, ladies and gentlemen, because many people assume incorrectly that if you are a righteous person, then everybody's going to like you. Everybody's going to love you and and embrace you and so forth. But you know what? This did not even happen to our Lord and Savior uh, being around his own people. Let's turn to John, oh, Yochanan, chapter 1. And it states the following about what happened when he came to the earth. And in verse 10 of Yochanan, chapter 1 of John, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. So 
when he was in the world in the first century, the world didn't know him, and the world still doesn't know him, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately. Uh, verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So, the word received in the Greek means uh, to associate. They didn't want to associate with him. They did not want to associate with him, ladies and gentlemen. The majority did not. And so it's unfortunate that people really don't understand the type of of persecution that Messiah went through. And this is because, because, of course, they don't study. They don't study the Bible, and they don't uh, they don't understand the various uh, situations in the Bible where he was persecuted. And if we turn to Acts chapter seven, Acts chapter seven, Acts chapter seven, turn it at and. We turn to, this is uh, in the backdrop or background of Stephen being persecuted himself, and eventually he was stoned. It says right here, Acts 7, verse 51, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do ye. Now, I want you to understand, he's talking to the the Jewish Jewish, uh, court, the Sanhedrin in this context, and he's telling them their sins. Of course, they don't want to hear their sins. They don't want to hear that they're doing something wrong. So that's that's what's going on right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, in this context is that they are totally not accepting what Stephen is telling them about themselves. Now, in verse 52 is the key verse. It says, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? That Greek word is diokol, and it means to suffer, to pursue, and it's in a hostile way, pursuing someone. That's what persecution means. And so let's take a a little deeper definition of this word, but let me read the rest of the scripture to you. It says, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Let me repeat that again, folks. Which of the prophets have not your fathers ha- uh, pursued uh, in a hostile way or uh, caused suffering? So that, that that's a key verse there, ladies and gentlemen, or part of a verse that you need to meditate and really think about. Because... The first five books were written by a prophet, Moses, right? Uh, and then all the rest of the books are, are based on, on that foundation. And the Word of God is a prophet. We know who the Word of God is literally. That's the Son of God. He is a prophet. And so the words of God, if they are preached correctly, will cause persecution, ladies and gentlemen. Let's turn to, I, you know, I, I just hope you understand what I'm telling you because it, it's just, I, you know, I just know that when I preach, you have to really pay attention. Any Anyone that's preaching the Word of God correctly, you have to really pay attention because there's so much deception in the world. Isaiah 30, verse 8 states plainly, Now go, 
write it before them in a table and note it in a book that it may be for the time to come forever and ever. And so, this is a prophecy that is written for our times today, ladies and gentlemen. In verse 9, this is what he prophesies of our people Israel. And Israel today consists of the Western nations, ladies and gentlemen. And also people who, of course, uh, claim that they believe uh, that Jesus Christ, or Yeshua Messiah, is the Messiah. They're scattered, but primarily most of the people they congregate or uh, assemble in those geographical areas around the world that consist of the United States, Canada, the countries of Northwestern Europe, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, the Netherlands, Denmark, etc., Sweden, Switzerland, Ireland, the British Empire. That's where the majority of all the tribes, and of course uh, the little nation of Israel, which consists of quite a few Jews, over 7 billion there, that's 7 billion, 7 million, <laughs> 7 million, <coughs> excuse me, 7 million Jews there in the Middle East. So, Isaiah 30, verse 9, this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear, they will not hear Shema, they will not Shema, the Torah of the Master. Shema in Hebrew means to hear, to understand, to want to understand, and then the law in Hebrew means Torah, the instructions of the Master. And so we are living at a time that the majority of our people don't want to hear the instructions of the Master. And that is what every person that who who is either a prophet or supports the prophet's messages by preaching the words of God correctly, they experience persecution and hostile pursuit because of this. Verse 10, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Okay, let's stop the presses here. The first five books were written by a prophet called Moses. This prophecy is saying that our people, the majority of them, things spoken to them. Again, the first five books were written by one of the greatest prophets who have ever lived, Moses, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so, I hope you understand that if people are hostile toward the first five books which contain the foundational principles of keeping the mitzvah of the commandments of God, <coughs> then, excuse me, then it's only following this prophecy is being fulfilled for people to resist and don't want to preach to them. So prophesy not unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things. Smooth things or flattery. Prophecy deceits. So these people really believe that prophecy or proper preaching deceives, which the opposite is happening. Improper preaching is deceiving. Verse 11 of Isaiah chapter 30. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. And in verse 12, Wherefore thus says the Holy One of Israel, because you despise this word, 
despised the words of God and trust in oppression and perverseness and stayed thereon. Verse 13, Therefore this iniquity shall be to you as a breach ready to fall, swelling out in a high wall whose breaking comes suddenly, suddenly at an instant. And in verse 14, And he shall break it as the breaking of the potter's vessel that is broken in pieces. He shall not spare, so he shall not spare, and it says, uh, so, what did I, okay, here we go. So that there shall not be found in the bursting of it assured to take fire from the earth or the hearth or to take water out of the pit. And so anyway, God is prophesying through the prophet Isaiah that our people had a problem and still have a problem with accepting all the words of God. And anyone who preaches those words properly will be persecuted because of that. In Acts 7, verse 52, which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? Every single last prophet has been persecuted. The two witnesses will be persecuted to the point of being murdered, and that will continue on until Messiah comes back. And they have slain them which show before of the coming of the just one, of whom you have now the betrayers and murderers. And so I'm trying to get you to stand something about persecution. Let's go deeper into this word. And I hope the individual or the individuals that were questioning me about persecution, I hope that you start to understand what it is after this Bible study. Uh, it says right here in the Word Study Dictionary about persecution, it means to pursue, to prosecute, but also to pursue in a good it can also be to pursue in a good sense, but I'm talking about it in a bad sense. Uh to prosecute, persecute, pursue with repeated acts of enmity or hostility. And we have uh scriptural examples here. Uh in Matthew five verse ten to twelve. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Uh, you you if if you follow this walk and do what you're supposed to do, you will uh suffer hostile Pursuit for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In verse 11, Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely. For my sake, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So this only justifies and backs up what I'm saying. If you preach the words of God, you are preaching the, prof uh, the words of a prophet. And you will be severely persecuted for that, ladies and gentlemen. You know why? Because all the prophets, including Yeshua, were also persecuted. So Matthew 5, verse 14, 44. But despite this, those that are being persecuted, we should make sure that we don't persecute them. In Matthew 5, verse 44, hostily in a hostile way, pursue them. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And I have been despitefully used, and I finally realized how I've been despitefully used, and I've repented of that, and uh, I'm not going to allow that, uh, God willing, anymore, when it is his will, uh, for people to despitefully use me. Because it has affected me, 
uh, and it has stopped me from doing the things that I need to do uh, on the on physical level as far as financially. But anyway, for them which to spitefully use you and persecute you. So let's take a look at the despitefully use a little bit, and that means to insult, to falsely accuse. Okay? Uh, and that has happened to me. And I'm sure it's happened to other people who stand up for the word of God and preach it correctly. Matthew 10, verse 23, prophesies about persecution. That's going to happen because you stand up for the word of God. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. And so I've been falsely accused uh, of saying certain things or doing certain things. But yet the Bible has prophesied that a true preacher of God will be persecuted in cities. But when they persecute you in this city, flee into another city. And so right now, I'm being accepted in another city. And I'm not really accepted well in the city that I reside in right now. So, But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another city. For verily I say to you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel, all of them, all the tribes of Israel. In other words... I'm not going to be able to go over all the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. And so that's a prophecy to understand, ladies and gentlemen, as far as prophecy is concerned. Matthew 23, verse 24. Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and son of them you shall kill and crucify, and of them shall you scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city. And so, people who preach the word, they're going to be persecuted. Whole cities are going to persecute them. Because they're not going to like what they're saying. Because they're, they're going to be preaching a unpopular message. Repent, repent, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. No one wants to hear that, ladies and gentlemen. Repent of what? I'm okay. I don't want to change. And so because of that, individuals that do preach the word of God correctly, which are is not that many, they are going to be persecuted from city to city because of that. Luke chapter 21, verse 12, talks about more persecution. But before all these, and this is talking about in the context of uh, the end times coming and the great tribulation uh, shortly coming on the scene, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, deliver you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Our Lord was persecuted. Let's look at John 5, verse 16. And therefore did the Jews persecute Yeshua and sought to slay him because he had done these things on Shabbat day. So, if they persecuted the master who was perfect, what makes us think we're not going to get persecuted and not suffer? After all, he said we must take up our cross. I don't think people understand what he said or meant the easy way, folks. This is not the easy way. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. This way requires diligent Bible study. It, it requires diligent prayer. It requires diligent fasting. 
all outlined in Matthew chapter 6. And it requires diligent giving and consistent giving. Matthew chapter 10, verse 35. Well, actually, verse 34. This is a prophecy. Think not that I've come to send peace on the earth. For many people think that he came the first time, Yeshua, to bring peace on the earth. He did not. I came not to send peace but a sword, and that sword is the word of God. Hebrews 4, verse 12 tells that tells you that. Verse 35, for I have come to set a man at various against his father and daughter against her mother. Daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. In verse 36, and a man's foes. A man's foes shall be of his own household. Of his own household. His relatives. That's what it means. Verse 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loves son and daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Verse 38. He that takes not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Let me repeat that again. He that taketh not his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. Let me repeat that again. And he that taketh not his cross and follow after me, is not worthy of me. He's mentioning the cross, ladies and gentlemen, because we're going to have to go through suffering, similar to what he went through. Why is he mentioning that? He that doesn't take it, that take that off his cross. Now, hopefully we won't get whipped like him, but I'm telling you, mental, mental torment, going through the stuff that he did, we will go through that. How do I know? I've gone through it myself, and I, still, I continue to go through it uh, every day almost. In John 15, verse 20, remember the word that I said unto you. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. So let's remember what this verse is saying. The servant is not greater than his master. He's not greater than his master. Many people seem to think that. Or not many people, but some people in this movement seem to think that. That's going to be different for me. No, it's not going to be different to you. It's going to be, if you're following the master, things are going to happen to the master that happened to you. If they had persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And even Paul, unfortunately, persecuted Messiah. Acts 9, verse 4 to 5. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Shaul, or Saul, Saul, why persecute thou me? Acts chapter 22, verse 4. Actually, let me continue on here. So I hope that you understand, ladies and gentlemen, what persecution is all about. I'm trying to explain this to you in a way that it'll inculcate it'll your being and that you'll understand. Now, here's a few things you need to understand about persecution. Don't let persecution, and I've been guilty of this a few times, and 
I think I finally got to a point now where I understand that I can't let persecution cause me to go out of my mind and sin and do stupid stuff. I think, you know, um, think unrighteously. And so you have to learn when you're persecuted not to let it put you down, not to allow you to get off track and not accomplish your goals, your righteous goals. Matthew 13, verse 21, Yet have he not root in himself, this is talking about the process of being called in Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the uh, sower. Yet have he not root in himself, dure for a while, for when tribulation or persecution arise, because of the word, by and by he is offended. And offended means you, you are uh, caused to stumble, you're entrapped, you're enticed to sin. And then Mark 4, verse 17, and have no root in themselves, and so endure before time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended or they are enticed to sin. And so we can't allow persecution to cause our hostile pursuit to cause us to sin. Acts 8, verse 1, And Shaul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was a great persecution against the assembly which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And today, all believers, uh, true believers, are scattered around the world, and, and they are persecuted. Now, in, in verse 19 of Acts chapter 11, Now, they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose, Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. I'm just reading these scriptures that that reveal to you the tremendous amount of tri tribulation and persecution that we're all going to have to go through. Acts 13, verse 50. But the Jews stirred up to devote an honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas. And so, yes, uh, even our own brothers can arouse persecution. And here's a positive thing here. We shouldn't let the persecution... Get us off track. It says in Romans 8, verse 35, Who shall separate us from the love of Messiah? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? So, and then in Galatians 5, verse 11, it says, I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross cease. So so it's just, um, I'm just quoting that scripture to help you understand that Paul was going through uh, a lot. And then Galatians 6, verse 12, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only that not they should suffer persecution for the cross of Messiah. And then in 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, Yes, and, and all that will live godly and Messiah shall suffer persecution. You're not going to run away, ladies and gentlemen, from being persecuted. And uh, that's something that you're going to have to embrace. That's something that you're going to have to accept. And don't assume if somebody is talked about a lot in, in a bad way and they say, oh, that person's horrible. Don't assume that that person is horrible. You have to get all the facts first before you uh, assume that that person is what everybody's saying he is 
Matthew 7, verse 14 states plainly, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. So there's very few people, that word few can mean the, the smallest amount, uh, short, little. Yeah, that's what it means in the Greek, puny. And so the true followers of Yah are not that many to begin with, ladies and gentlemen. So this is not a popularity contest. It's not a contest of building a lot of people and so forth uh, because most of our people, they, they don't want to obey what the Word of God is saying. And they don't, uh, they, they want smooth things. They, they want things that uh, it appeals to the ears, as Second Timothy states here. Uh, verse four, verse Second Timothy four, verse one, and this is something that I have to experience a lot in ministry. Uh, too much, of course, for desire. But Second Timothy four, verse one. I, I, I mean, I don't desire this at all, but it's prophesied to happen. It says, "I charge you, or command, therefore, before Yah and the, and the Master, Yeshua Messiah, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing in His kingdom." Verse two. Preach the word. Be instant and season and out of season. Reprove, correct, rebuke, exhort with all patience and doctrine. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heat to themselves teachers. And that's what's going on even in the Hebraic Roots Movement. Having itching ears. Having itching ears. Tickling ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. What's the truth? Biblically, Psalm 119, 142, the truth is the entire instructions of God, the entire Bible. And it shall be turned into fables. Going on, fables means myths, fiction. It's all kinds of ridiculous, idiotic teachings that I hear. Uh, and, and I shake my head. I'm like, what is going on here? It's like people sometimes, they want to use the Bible and just, make themselves feel good because they feel they have this special revelation and and so forth. And, and if that special revelation is not biblical, you need to cool out and, and, and not talk about it. But that's that's what I experience. Uh, it, it is, it's, it's very, it doesn't make me feel good, but I, I continue on. I, I continue to, to fight the fight and, and do what I have to do. I'll do that to the day I die. You know, I, there's nothing more I can do at this point, other than doing what I'm doing. And uh, that's that's really all I can do. Because I know the Lord has prophesied that people who preach the truth will be persecuted, and, you know, I've learned how to accept that over the years. And uh, I just have to follow the scripture in Romans 12, verse 14, Bless them which persecute you or uh, pursue you in a hostile way. And uh, that's something that uh, we have to remember, and, and even the qualifications for ministers state the fact that we ministers or true ministers of God will be persecuted, persecuted, and pursued in a wrong way, in a, in a hostile way. And this is truth that a lot of people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear this truth that I'm preaching. But... In Second Corinthians chapter six verse four, it states, "But in all these things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses, 
So true ministers, they have a lot of problems, folks. Uh, it stripes, imprisonments, it can get to that point. It tumults and labors and watchings and fastings by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by love unfeigned. Verse 7, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, so I'm honored and then I'm dishonored, by evil report, I get evil reports and I get good reports, as deceivers and yet true, yep, as unknown, as I mentioned on, on the, the radio station that, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm a nobody, but yet I am known to people who know me, as unknown and yet well known, as dying. And behold, we live. Sometimes I feel like I'm dying, but yet I live. As chastened and not killed. Discipline. Yes, ministers even get disciplined and they get corrected. Verse 10, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor, and that means poor as well as not having, uh, you know, I'm not a wealthy man and I don't don't know if I ever will be. But uh, I have enough to, to live. So as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, and making many people rich spiritually, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. And so that's a perfect description of a true Torah teacher, a true servant of God, ladies and gentlemen. Then it also talks about apostles. I've heard people call themselves apostles, and they really have no clue or idea of what they're talking about or what an apostle really is, ladies and gentlemen. So... And I, and I think if they did, they would want to be one, or they would uh, aspire to be one. So, right here, First Corinthians four verse nine. For I think that Yah has set for us the apostles last. Apostles means emissaries. You know what apostles did? According to the Jewish understanding of the emissary, they made sure that the poor was taken care of. So that was one of the primary responsibilities of a true, of a true. Apostle, for I think that Yah has set us. If you don't believe me, go to the Jewish Encyclopedia, look up emissaries or apostles. It'll let you. It'll it'll really educate you on what the word apostle really means and what Jews understand it means. For I think that Yah has set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death. You remember many times that that Shaul talked about not forgetting the poor. He he knew that that was one of his responsibilities as an apostle, as an emissary. For I think that Yah has set forth us the apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle to the world and to angels and to men. And to men. We are fools for Messiah's sake, but you are wise in Messiah. We are weak, but you are strong. He's talking in the context of people bragging about how great they are. You are honorable, but we are despised. Even to this present, these are apostles. These are the foundation of the assembly, ladies and gentlemen. And these, you had these people being arrogant and bragging about themselves, comparing themselves to the apostles. That's ridiculous. Verse 11, even to this present hour, we both hunger. And these are the apostles back then in the first century. And thirst, and are naked, and are buffeted, and have no certain dwelling place. They didn't have a certain, they they didn't know where they were going to live. They were homeless. Is that the description of, I've heard people call themselves apostles. They don't fit this description. (laughs) They're pretty, cute, and they got their little suits and little Hebraic stuff, and and they preach and so forth, and 
that's not a description of an apostle, according to what the Bible is saying here. An apostle has a heart, folks. Even to this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. Verse 12, and labor, working with our own hands. So apostles aren't lazy. They work. They have a job, and they work hard. And we they bless, and they are persecuted. That's the key. I want the point. They are persecuted. They are uh, pursued in a hostile way. And he says, we bless, being persecuted, we suffer it. Verse 13, being defamed, we entreat. Being defamed means uh, to vilify, to uh, speak evil of. So apostles, true apostles, are spoken evil of, are those who have the apostolic gift of administration. That's what it is now, because uh, maybe the two witnesses would be apostles, but I don't see the apostles having the power, authority that those apostles had in the first century. And it is listed as a gift in First Corinthians chapter 12, but it's a gift of administration right now. I, I don't see it as being something on the level of the of the of those 13 apostles. Okay. And so, including Paul, that's why I'm including 13. Verse 12, and labor, working with our own hands, that's a Jewish idiom or a common sense idiom or slang, for doing labor work. Being reviled, reviled in the Greek, means uh, vilified. We bless being persecuted. We suffer it. Being defamed, we entreat. We entreat. We pray. That's what it means. We are made of the filth of the earth. So in this context, it's stated the fact that the apostles, <laughs> the apostles are the filth of the earth, the earth of the world. And are the offscoring of all things to this day. The scrappings. I feel like that sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. I have to be totally honest with you. I really do feel that way. And so, in verse 14, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved says, I warn you. And this is in this Hebraic Roots movement and all other movements that claim to believe that Jesus is the Christ or Yeshua is the Messiah. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Messiah, yet have you not many fathers. It's talking about spiritual fathers in the sense of taking you under their wings and teaching you the words of God. And Messiah, I have begotten you through the gospel, and I've tried to explain to people that when you have heard of me or God has given me abilities to... to uh, advertise his true teachings. And then when people respond to that, that is God drawing you to me to teach you. And some people have been offended by that when I tell them that. Other people, uh, they totally ignore it, but the fact is a fact. And it, does, it doesn't just happen to me, it happens to other people. God draws other people to other teachers, true Torah teachers, there's not many of them out there, but he draws it too. Because John 6, verse 44 says, No man could come to me except the Father draw him to me. Now, how does the Father draw you to someone? He doesn't come down and say, Hey, can I? Let me give you to this tour. Let me uh, recommend you speak to uh, uh, this particular Torah teacher. No, he miraculously draws you, puts the thoughts in your mind, and, and uh, he does it in strange ways. But he draws you to the proper teachers. And once he draws you to those teachers, and they prove to you that he is a true teacher of God, 
you need to submit to that individual's authority to be trained by that person. You don't go around and start talking about this other teacher, this other teacher, this other teacher, this other teacher, this other teacher. And I'm talking about the person that he draws you to locally, locally, so that you can interact with that person consistently. Uh, in verse 15, for though you have 10,000 instructors in Messiah, yet have you not many fathers? For Christ Jesus, or Messiah, Yeshua, I have begotten you through the gospel. And then he says right here, verse 16, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. You say, oh, I'm not supposed to follow a man. Well, you do follow a man if that man is proven to you that he's following Messiah. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I am also of Messiah. So there's nothing wrong, ladies and gentlemen, in doing that. As long as that individual is uh, following Messiah. That's why even in society, you have you know managers and supervisors, you follow their example as long as they're following company policy. So it's the same thing with uh, ministry. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you understand truly what persecution is all about. And I hope you understand that just because somebody is uh, spoken of in a negative way, uh, in the Torah movement, in the movement where people are taught that all the commandments, not only all, yeah, all the commandments of Yah throughout the entire Bible should be kept, don't assume that that person is being uh, represented correctly. Because more often than not, they aren't. And they're just following the, the scriptural pattern of being persecuted, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so with that. Uh, may Yah bless and keep you And hopefully next week, God willing I'll be available to you For another Bible study Be praying for me uh, I've had a, a rough bout here Adjusting to the cold weather this year So be praying that my immune system And today's date is December 6, 2015 Be praying that my immune system Recovers And for those who celebrate Hanukkah Happy Hanukkah I know uh, right now, the Jews are celebrating it based on the Jewish calendar. I know based on the new moon calendar, it begins Tuesday. So uh, have a happy Hanukkah. Uh, I think maybe next week I will talk. Yeah, I will talk about what is the meaning of Hanukkah. And uh, until then, though, may Yah bless and keep you, and Yah willing, I'll be available to you next week. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. 